your Bibles open there to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. If you're visiting with us or perhaps haven't been for a few weeks, we're um, on a, going through a study on the church and what the purpose of the church is and then what our functions are within the church body. How can we uh, function in such a way as to bring glory to God, which is what the purpose of the church is, to share the gospel um, people around us to do missions work, all of the different things that we uh, have been planted here to, to accomplish, um, we've been seeking to discover and unpack uh, what our place is in, on that journey. And each one of us has a purpose, and each one of us has a place within the body of Christ, within the church, to um, move this process forward, to move the kingdom forward. With that being said, we have um, made it to the part of the journey that deals with spiritual gifts, and spiritual gifts are something that are very controversial. A lot of good people out there today on a lot, in a lot, of, different, on a lot of different sides of the issue of spiritual gifts, and uh, a lot of different views of it from good people, and uh, wrestling back and forth to understand, really ultimately, um, in this in this in this process in this study, um, both sides seeking to understand what God's will is through his word. And we want to really, we want to really challenge you and wrestle with that as well as a church. So we're going we're gonna to dive into these things. What I do want to say, and I said this last week, and I, I want to say it again, um, there are extremes in these, in these groups, and we would, we, would, we would try to avoid both extremes, and we would teach against, we would, we would not promote um, some of the things that are taking place in, on your TVs and some of these ministries out there that are um, carrying on uh, what, what I would say for, in many ways, the sake of, of personal gain. And uh, we would say that the spiritual gifts are definitely not for personal gain at all. As a matter of fact, the scriptures are very clear that if, if, if your spiritual gift is used for personal gain, it's, it's used incorrectly. It should never edify any individual. It should always edify the body of Christ. And it should be something that points us to Jesus and not points us to self or to each other. And so we want to make sure that we're, we're, very, con- we're very conscious of that as we go through this study. We want to remember as well that while spiritual gifts, uh, the study of spiritual gifts can lead to division in the church, um, the main purpose of spiritual gifts is actually to bring unity in the church. The the purpose of them is to bring unity. It's interesting that the devil would take the very purpose of the spiritual gifts and he would seek to use it for the opposite purpose. And so we want to understand that. And as we go through this study and wrestle through these different things, that uh, we want to know that the end goal is to have unity. Okay? So we want to make sure that we hold to the goal. (laughs) Don't let the goal uh, get out of sight because this study could, could and often does, especially in our culture today, lead to division. All right? This is supposed to bring unity. So along the way, if, you, if you're struggling, if you have questions, um, disagreement, whatever might be the case, we welcome that, those things to come to the elders and talk to us. We will, um, we will encourage, uh, listen um, be corrected if, if, we, if you can show it. I mean, if it's biblical, we, we want to be corrected. Uh, we want to fall on the right side of this issue when it comes to what the Bible says. And that being said, we're not going to fall into any certain camp either. 
Um, the elders and I were talking this week about the, the value, the importance, the significance of not being camp-oriented. We want to be Bible-oriented. And if the Word of God says it, that's where we want to fall. And we're going to strive to the best of our ability to fall, with, fall in the area of Scripture and not in the area of any certain camp. And so I, I think you guys can appreciate that. Go with me um, to Ephesians 4 in your Bibles if you would, Ephesians chapter number four. We've been there a few times already in our study. And so um, this is not gonna be our main text this morning. Our main text will be 1 Corinthians, but I, I wanted to just give us this picture of unity here in verses one. Um, again, the apostle Paul is speaking about spiritual gifts here. I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a worthy, in a, in a, Worthy manner or a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is how many bodies? One body. How many spirits? One spirit. Just as you were called into one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith one baptism, one God and Father of us all who is over all and through all and in all. And grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And we'll stop there. You can read on and, and we have the last few weeks. But what I wanted you to see there is just the unity. The purpose of these gifts, spiritual gifts, is to bring unity and to, to ultimately glorify God um, in, in that unity. 1 Corinthians 12, the, the text that was read this morning and uh, a different text was read last week, but, but sequential in, the, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 shows us not only the, the push or the, the motivation for unity, but it, but it also describes a certain level of diversity amongst the body of Christ. And the, the spiritual gifts are meant to bring about diversity, different gifts given to different people. And, and, and all of us have different gifts or different functions in the body of Christ. And some of those functions, whether, whether we like it or not, some of those functions are more important than other functions. Some of those functions are more seen than other functions. Some of those functions are more complex than other functions are. And so with that being said, it's easy for these, for these gifts to become a, a source of, of division, to become a source of pride, to become a source of, of um, desiring something that somebody else has. And we want to avoid that. We want to maintain that the purpose of these spiritual gifts is to, the, the result or the goal is that unity is amid, is amid this diversity. And the only way that you're able to have unity with all of this diversity and all of these differences is if, is if the Spirit of God is working through it. We want to remember that, that, there, that God has not called us in the church to do that which is natural. God calls us within the church to do that which is supernatural. God calls you and me to fit into a body of different diverse people that have different ways of doing things and different perspectives and different things. And God calls us to work together with one purpose, as Ephesians says, one goal, one vision, one hope, one uh, baptism, one... Uh, goal, one end in sight, we're, we're to work together to reach that goal. So amongst all of this diversity, we as the church ought to be, ought to be united. 
And this is the way that God is most glorified is when his people are united around something bigger than they are. I I wrote this down and I think it's a, a, a valuable statement to hear. When that which ought to cause division causes unity, God is glorified. When these diversities that ought to cause us to go at each other cause us to join together for the greater purpose, when that which unites us is bigger than that which divides us, God is glorified. And when when we're mindful of that and we're functioning as a church and we embrace one of the hardest things in the, in the Christian life and one of the hardest things in life in general, one of the hardest things in marriage is to embrace that God made that other person exactly the way that he wanted them to complete you in the areas that you're lacking. So your mate is not meant to be like you. They're meant to be different than you are. The thing that in, from, from most points of view would cause you the greatest conflict in God's economy causes us the greatest unity and God is glorified in it. But it doesn't happen until you embrace the fact that your mate is not meant to be like you. A preacher once said, we marry our mate, and for me it would be a wife, we marry our wives because we're different than they are and then we spend the rest of our lives trying to make them like us. Right? It's true. When God puts us together, you know, opposites attract. God puts us together because we complete each other. There's something lacking in me that my wife can bring, can help. The same principle is true about the body of Christ. Every one of us has a different function. Every one of us has a different gift. All of those things are meant to complete the body of Christ. It's to be his body and his work. So with that in mind, we're going to look this morning at four things, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be um, quick with these things. I, don't want to, I want to be able to spend a lot of time on each one, just a, a little bit of time. I want to look at some distinctions, some differences, some devotions, and some dispositions in 1 Corinthians 12 that will help promote unity among or amid diversity. So the end is... We're all different. There's a purpose behind it. Let's embrace our differences and begin to work together to ultimately bring about God's purpose in this world. Amen? That's why we're here. When we figure this thing out, we can really move forward. So let me give you a few things. Number one is distinctions that bring or cause understanding. Distinctions that cause understanding. All right? There's some distinctions in the Bible that need to be made before we can properly understand spiritual gifts, all right? And these distinctions are important to define what, it, define what is meant for the church today and what is not. So with that, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 2. The first distinction I want us to understand is the distinction between spiritual gifts and apostolic gifts, or what we know of as sign gifts, all right? Spiritual gifts different than apostolic or 
sign gifts. Okay? And I'm just going to give you a few things to think about and consider as you think about, because this is a conflict, you know, we have in our churches today and in the evangelical movement, you have these people that are trying to mimic what the apostles did. And when I say apostles, I'm referring back to the original 12. They're trying to say, we have the spiritual gift that the apostles had, and we're going to carry that gift on. So they actually would refer to themselves as apostles, and they would then begin to try to perform signs and wonders and miracles like the apostles did. So they're trying to carry on that gift, and they call it a spiritual gift. I want to challenge that thinking because I don't believe that the spiritual gifts that are mentioned in the church are the same as the gifts that are given to the apostles. And I'm going to give you some reasons for that. Watch what he says in Hebrews 2. The Bible says, Therefore we must, we, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift, drift away from it, from since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable and every transgression or disobedience received a just recompense, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which was declared at first by the Lord and it was attested to by us, by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles... Okay, just make a notation around that. Signs and wonders and various miracles, which are the things that we saw the 12 apostles do, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit. So what you have is you have two distinct groups of giftings. One group is signs and wonders and miracles. The other gifting is the gifts that were given to us by the Holy Spirit, these are the giftings for the, for the church. Go back with me to Matthew chapter 10. And you can listen if you would like, or you can journey through the pages of your Bibles, or maybe you're really good on your phone and you can get there quickly. Matthew chapter number 10 and verse number 1, it says, And he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits, to cast them out, to heal every disease and every affliction. So here's the giving of this gift. Jesus Christ is, is commissioning and empowering his 12 disciples with these special gifts to cast out demons, to heal the sick. And, and we see them doing a, an extraordinary work doing this in, in, in the Gospels. And we also see it a little bit in the book of Acts. And then, it, and then it, it's gone. It's gone. He specifically makes mention that these gifts are, are affiliated with the conferring by Jesus Christ himself to these men. And then he goes on, and each time he does this in the Gospels, he goes on to name these 12 men. And some people believe that the Apostle Paul was also given these same gifts because he, the Bible says that he was an apostle that was born outside of time, or he was an apostle that was born in a different time frame than these apostles were, but that when God saved Paul, he conferred to him these gifts as well. But those are the primary functions. That group of 12 or 13 men are the ones that primarily function biblically with the signs and wonders and miracles giftings. 
Okay? Now, what I want you to understand is, is that we want to just simply, this morning, make the distinction between the two because we're going to deal with the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 as being different from the gifts that are given to the apostles. Different. We're going to deal with them differently because they are different, again, according to Hebrews chapter number 2. Let me give you some things here. The signs given to the apostles or the sign gifts, the apostolic gifts, were given by Jesus Christ to the 12 specifically. Okay? Remember, Judas was lost. Judas was unsaved. But according to Matthew 10, even Judas received this gift of signs and wonders and miracles. So this gift had nothing to do with them being saved. It definitely had nothing to do with them being indwelt by the Holy Spirit because none of them were indwelt by the Holy Spirit at that time. They weren't indwelt by the Holy Spirit until Acts chapter number 2. When the Holy Spirit comes in Acts chapter number 2, he empowers the church and he begins to indwell inside of believers. And when he comes to indwell inside of believers, he brings with him what? Spiritual gifts. Totally different from the spiritual gifts that were given to the apostles because they were not indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And again, we have the example of Judas being, being lost himself. The gifts that were given to the apostles were specific for the purpose of, of, I believe, giving a final plea to the Jewish people prior to moving to the Gentile people and affirming that Jesus Christ is and was the Messiah to them. And Jesus tells us in the, in the Gospels that he says... A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. And he says, the only sign that will be given to this generation, referring to the church generation, is the sign of Jonah, three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, right? Which was, who is that? That's Jesus Christ. He is that sign for us. So that distinction is very, very important. Jesus also describes in the Gospels that He's, he's rebuking the Pharisees because they were seeking after a sign. And he says this, he says, your day in judgment will be worse than these other groups because he talks about, uh, I'm, I'm gonna draw a blank on this, but he gives the idea of these two groups of Jonah and Nineveh. He says, they listened to his preaching and they were converted. You're seeking a sign and you won't be converted, but they listened to his preaching and they were converted. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, what does the Bible say that conversion will come by in the, New, in the New Testament church? By the foolishness of? By the foolishness of preaching. So there's this, I want you to understand there's this distinction, there's this difference between these sign gifts and these miracles given to the apostles and the spiritual gifts. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are for believers only. No unbeliever has the gift of the Holy Spirit. None. They are, they are given to an individual. Let me, let me say it this way. This is, a, this is an important distinction. In Matthew 10, the authority is actually given to the individuals, right? The gift of the Holy Spirit is not giving authority to men, the gifts of the Holy Spirit is giving men the Holy Spirit. There's a difference. 
I function each week in the power of the Holy Spirit when I get behind this pulpit and preach. And you know what? I don't, I don't function in my own authority. I get on my knees throughout the week and I pray to God that he will work through me. It is his authority. It is his power. It is his might functioning through me. The apostolic gifts, Jesus Christ conferred on them authority. The New Testament spiritual gifts is Jesus Christ in me, working through me. It is his power. You'll find that consistent throughout the New Testament, the church epistles, where they asked the Lord to do things. They prayed that God would do things through them. So there's this distinction between the two gifts. We want to understand that distinction so we don't confuse what is taking place in the church age. And I'm, we'll wrestle through a little bit of what these spiritual gifts are in the church age 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, uh, Romans 12 and Ephesians 4. We'll wrestle through those things, but we're not going to go there today. Number two, the differences that challenge our unity. Watch with me um, back in our text in 1 Corinthians 12. There are several differences within, okay? We're, now, we're, now, we're, now we're focused on the church age gifts, the gifts that are conferred to us or, or blessed us with when we receive the Holy Spirit inside of us. Okay? The Bible says in verse 4, there, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. We see the word various here used three times, or variety, or dif- uh, the word would mean distinction or difference. There are three different categories in which the giftings come to us, or, or divisions, or varieties, okay? It is, number one, there are diverse gifts. He goes on to describe the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, the gift of prophecy, the gift of discernment, the gift of language, the gift of interpretation. He goes on to describe these. these. In other words, the Spirit of God is within you, and he's working these things out of you. There are differences. There are different gifts given to each individual within the church. He not only says that there are different gifts within the church, but he says that there are different Um, places to which these gifts are used. He talks about different varieties of service. And we think about offices. We we brought Eric on today and introduced him as a deacon and an office in the church, and and that would be applicable. That's a place in which Eric will be able to utilize his gift. But here's what the Lord says. There are a variety of different places to use your gift. There are a variety of different places to, to utilize your gift within the church. There's a lot of, they don't even have to be in an office, but there's a lot of different ways in which you can use your gift. There's a diverse number of places to serve in the church, a diverse number of ministries in which we can serve. We encourage you at Grace here, if you have, if God has given you a passion for something, to come and talk to us so that we can figure out where we can plug that in. We want to plug everybody in to doing something. But there's a diverse number of places in which we can serve. And there are churches, other different churches. And I I think that when God plants you in a church, it's because he wants to use you within that church. But there's a number of different churches. Isn't it interesting how all the different churches around 
us, and some of them good and some of them not so good, but all the different churches around, this is not a cause of unity, but it's a cause of, it's a cause of division. God says, hey, listen, the, the diverse places to serve, the diverse gifts to serve are meant to cause, to cause unity in the church, not division. There are diverse places to serve. He goes on, number three, to say there are diverse ways to serve, diverse operations of these spiritual gifts, and diverse manifestations of these spiritual gifts. There's diverse ways to function within within your gifting. All of these things are differences, different gifts, different ways to use them, different places to use them. But nowhere in this text is there an excuse to not be functioning within your spiritual gift. Everybody should be trying to find a way, should be trying to find a place, should be trying to find what their gift is so that they can be ministering it to other people. This is what makes the body of Christ complete. And these differences are simply opportunities through which the Spirit of God manifests himself and causes and creates what? creates and causes unity within the body. We want to remember that unity, unity that is directly connected to diversity is something that is caused by the Spirit of God. Unity that is caused by everybody being on the same page, doing the same thing, liking the same thing, is not, there's no need for the Spirit of God to be involved. This diversity is important to show that this is about Christ and not about us. So we see, number one, the difference between spiritual gifts and the apostolic gifts. We see, number two, the difference within the giftings in the church. The differences within those giftings are there for a purpose. Number three, how do we stay unified? And number three is devotion that creates unity. Now, this is important to, I want you to read it with me in um, verse number four, down several verses. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the, speak with me, there are a variety of gifts, but the, there are varieties of service, but the, there are varieties of activities, but the manifestation of the, that's right, for the common good, for as one is given through the spirit, the utterance of wisdom, to another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the, same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another the gift of healings by the one spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy to another the ability to distinguish between spirits to another various kinds of tongues to another the interpretations of of tongues all of these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Okay, now, what I want you to see here is here's what the Apostle Paul is doing. The Apostle Paul mentions several gifts in this text, right? But it's almost as if the Apostle Paul is saying the gifts are not important. Let me just name a few of the things that, are, that the Holy Spirit is doing through us. But what's important to us is who is doing the things that are being done through us. We want to focus so much of our time and energy on what is happening and not the who that is happening to us. 
Not the things that we're doing or that the Lord is doing through us, but the who of the things that are taking place through us. They're ultimately meant, these spiritual gifts are meant to point people and to point us, not to self, but to Christ. And not just to Christ, according to our text of Scripture here, it is to point us to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In other words, the spiritual gifts are there that the Trinity might be magnified and might be glorified. When we get to the place, matter of fact, the, the areas that Paul places some attention on the spiritual gifts is not to promote them, but he is to say, hey, stop using them for selfish gain. Stop using them to point to you. It's not about you. It's about him. So in this context, what he says is, yes, he names off some different gifts. I don't even know if this is exhaustive. I think what Paul is saying is this. Don't focus on the gift. Focus on the giver of the gift. He's living through you. He's working through you. He may be working through you to love your, to love your wife. Is that listed in here? Is, are these, is, this, is, is, is this all the things that the Holy Spirit does? I don't believe so. I think he's saying, focus on him. If the Lord is working through you, whatever the Lord is working through you, praise him. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Holy Spirit, because he is manifesting himself through you. That's the greatest thing. It's not that you're doing this or, well, I had this gift or this gift or this. It's that Christ is working through you. That's the miracle. I don't believe that the Apostle Paul is making purposefully a list of gifts. I think he's saying that the Spirit of God is working through people. And we're to focus on him in this process. Unity is possible when our devotion is right. Remember, focusing on our differences leads to division. Focusing on our importance leads to division. Focusing on our value leads to division. But focusing on Christ leads to unity. When we focus on the Spirit, when it comes to what gift we have, when we focus on Jesus, when it comes to what place we're serving and using it in, and when it comes, when, it, when we're focused on God, the sovereign one, when it comes to the ways that we're using our gift, ultimately our gifts point to God. And that, my friend, is the reason for us being gifted, is that God might be highly glorified and not us. Unity is the result of having a selfless, heavenly, divine focus when it comes to our spiritual gifts. Colossians 3 and verse 2, set your minds on things that are above, not on the things of the earth. And Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And all throughout Psalms 1, it's all throughout the scriptures. Our focus is not to be on how great we are. Our focus is to be on how great he is. Honestly, folks, the person who has the gift to clean toilets is just as important as the person who has the gift to stand behind a pulpit and preach. I'm serious. You say, well, that's not a gift. How many of you like clean toilets at your church? Seriously, it's a gift. 
It's important to the function of the body of Christ. And not one is more important than the other. When we start to look at gifts as one person being more important than the other, the gifts have become about us. And they're not to be about us. They're to be about him. Devotion that creates unity is a devotion to Christ within our gifting. The last thought this morning is dispositions that cultivate unity. Two things very quickly, and and I'm I'm not going to read these texts, but you can read them in your time. Verses 14 down to verse 26. Okay? Apostle Paul says, somebody in verse number 21 Um, or verse 14, somebody says, because I'm not the hand, I do not belong to the body, okay? Remember this. The attitude that will cause unity in the body of Christ is the attitude that says, whatever gift God has given me is important to the body. It's an attitude of contentment and embracing your significance If I were to ask this morning for a raise of hands, and I won't do it, so don't, I'm not going to put anybody on the spot, but I want you to think with me for a moment. If I were to ask everybody in here, how many of you feel like you're significant at Grace Bible Church? I wonder what the response would be. Because every one of us has a significant, a gift Every one of us has a significant role, something that we need to be doing to point people to Christ amongst this body. But I wonder if we've embraced that. How do we create unity in the body? We embrace the fact that whatever gift God has given me is significant to this body. Embrace your gift. And, I, and I've seen God, I've, I've, been in, I've been in the church for a long time. I've seen God actually give people gifts and then give them other gifts. Start them off with the gifts of just service. And then as they grow in the Lord, he gives them gifts to do other things, to teach and, and grow their gifts. But listen, folks, everybody in here needs to embrace your gift and say, you know something? I'm significant to the body of Christ If God is going to be exalted, it may be that somebody walks into the bathroom and says, this is the cleanest bathroom I've ever been in before. And we will say, for the glory of our God. Amen? Amen. That is people embracing their gifts. That brings unity. Number two, at the end of this, dispositions that bring unity. Verse 21 says, the eye can never say to the hand, I have no need of you. The second way that we have unity is when we embrace the significance of our brothers and sisters in Christ in their gifting. Folks, we need to get to a place as Christians that we have acknowledged that God has graced us with a gift and we are thankful for it and we're not envious of other people's gifts. And then we must embrace that God has gifted them with a gift that we need to function and grow. And we're thankful for their gifting, not envious of it. If the spiritual gifting that God has given each one of us is going to result in unity and not division, it's only going to happen when we, as the body of Christ, focus on him in relation to our spiritual gifts. 
embrace the things that God has called us to do as significant to the furtherance of the church and appreciate and are thankful for the gifts that God has given other people. Folks, more times than not, one of the greatest ways in which the church is divided is through discontentment and envy. We must reject that and embrace that it's not about us. It's about him. Everybody that sits here this morning is a, is a significant part of this body. Some of you may not think that. Some of you may not want to be. But my challenge to you is this. You are. Find out where. Find out what God has called you to do, what's needed right now for the body of Christ at Grace Bible Church in Hollister, California. What's needed right here? And lock yourself in and embrace what God has called you to do and do it with all your might. And love and cherish and appreciate what other people bring to the table as well. And ultimately, we do it that God might be glorified. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you so much for the gifts that you give us. We thank you for the fact that they are, they do reveal our, our diversities. They, they show the differences in our lives, in our world, um, show the differences in a number of different ways. These differences, although they could cause division by the power of your spirit, Lord, uh, can cause unity, can cause completeness, and can bring glory to you. Please help us this morning as Christians to embrace what you've called us to do within the church body and to love and appreciate others. And ultimately, Lord God, that all the glory, all the praise, and all the focus will be upon you. We'll give you the thanks and the praise for it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.